0: This week's episode is brought to you by Secrecy. As Earl said on Twitter yesterday, the Avs signed guys to PTOs in August and nobody had a clue. Screw LifeLock, I want the Avalanche protecting my identity. Now it's our turn to, uh,
1: sorry for the words, but put our balls on the table. How do you like that map off, <laughs>
0: Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I'm Steph Auster, locked into the Mile High Hockey Podcast for September 21st, 2015. Coming up on the show, we've got training camp breakdowns from some of the people who saw it in person, but before we play the whoosh, we need to introduce those people first. Uh, BSN Avalanche is here in force today with Cole Hamilton's back. Hi, Cole. Hi, guys. And frequent flyer AJ, hello to you as well. Hi, you. Hi, to you. you guys ready to start with some actual news? News. News. Real News. And that delay was me missing the button four times. Nice. Four times. The Avalanche unveiled a surprise this week with two veteran players at camp on PTOs. Tell me what you guys saw this week out of Andre Mazaros and Jack Skilly. Uh, Mazaros, of course, not present at Burgundy White with a leg injury.
2: He looked hurt. I mean, knowing that, knowing that he has a leg injury now might explain why he looked so bad every time that we saw him on the ice. So, uh, he was not in great shape uh he was not impactful he did not look like he had it together he just didn't he did not look like a guy who's been a pretty successful player in the nhl before in his career like he he just he didn't have the drive he didn't have the fire there was nothing there like it was it was just a total question mark
0: do we know uh, what the injury I, is by the way
1: no well do we know when the injury happened? No. Also, no. We just know that uh, Chambers you know, said he had it today. I watched, yeah. Yeah, I was there uh, yesterday. It was uh, my only <clears thing throat> at full training camp. Um, you know, and he, uh, he took a pretty hard shot off the back of the knee and was limping around for a while after that. Um, and then, as many people pointed out on Twitter, he was a very slow finisher at the end of the day when they went to skate the mountain. Um, so I wondered if that's when he. You know, it looked like he got banged up there. I don't know if he was hurt before that already, but, um, he, he doesn't look well. He doesn't look, uh, he, he doesn't look like he will be playing in the NHL three weeks from now.
0: Okay. Uh, what about Skilly?
2: Go for it. Cool. Uh,
1: the guy's working hard. You know, he's, um, <clears throat> there's a reason that this guy got drafted high a while back. He's definitely got some talent. Um, saw him make a couple of really impressive uh, passes on the backhand while going at full speed uh, during practice on Saturday, um, and that's just one of those little things that will often separate the pros from from the young guys is, um, is how well they handle a play like that while they're skating at full speed. Uh, today at the Burgundy and White game, he was not out of place. He looked good. Most of the time he didn't stick out all that much. Uh, He did pick up a a goal uh, late in the game um, on a pretty good play. So he's working hard, and he's really on a mission to make this team. He's making a good impression uh, so far. I think it's going to be really hard for the Avalanche to justify keeping some of the guys who've populated this roster in the past two years uh, over giving Jack Skilley a a contract. He's certainly outplayed. Cleeshon um, Bordalo
2: to this point by by a good. Yeah, I would I would agree. I mean, in the just the limited time that we've obviously seen them on ice and in, in any kind of actual game situations, um, Skilly has come out and, and kind of played with his hair on fire a little bit. And ah. you know when I when I talked to him, um, first question I asked is is was you know how being on a PTO kind of changes his approach to camp and and he. And he said right away that it, he asked you have to play with desperation, and I think he's definitely done that. And it's not even not even comparing Skilly to the guys he's competing with, but comparing Skilly to to Mazzaros because they're the two PT uh, the the two PTO guys. It's one of them is playing with desperation, and one of them's not. Those two guys
1: are night and day right now. Yeah,
2: and one of them one of them desperately wants a job with this team, and it looks like the other one is here just to collect. You know the thousand dollars the Avs are going to pay him on a tryout or whatever it is that they get. So it's I, you know, we we have an idea of who Jack Skilly is at the NHL level. We should not be expecting any 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 brand new revelations. Um, you know, I compared him to Greg Malden the other day. I I still think that that's an apt comparison in that he's a guy who has to work much harder than everybody else at camp because he's fighting for his his career and a job and when you see him in a regular season game he's not going to stick out nearly as much but he just doesn't need to the avalanche don't need him to be that guy the avalanche just need him to to be a little a little bit better than than the guys that they were running out at the bottom last year you know they're not going to be huge difference makers but if they can just stop being possession black holes it'll be an enormous help
0: yeah, all they need out of a guy like Skilly is competence.
2: So yeah, it's I mean if he's if he's perfectly league average, we're set. Then that's an upgrade. <laughs> yeah, that's Woo-hoo. that's better. And I just don't know. Um, obviously, we still have a whole preseason slate of games and practices to go through. Uh, but sitting here right now, I don't know that he's done enough to supplant the guys who are already really well established in in Eyes and in the organization. But he's definitely done everything he's had to do to put him in good position, too, uh, throughout the preseason.
0: So for those of us who aren't there and maybe can't follow every day, what's been the tone of camp this year? What's been happening? Uh, how's it maybe different from 2014? Uh, because as we know, Wall wanted to make some changes after camp last year. So what's been kind of going on over there? Uh,
2: the biggest thing is that there obviously the there's been a lot made of the uh, the – lack of scrimmaging, you know, they only had the one scrimmage yesterday. And then other than that, they've been working on a lot of, a lot of drills, a lot of coaching was been doing a lot of, just a lot of teaching. Um, they've been letting, letting guys kind of talk to coaches and, and work their way through some bumpy, um, some bumpy drills. So it's, it's different in that they're working on very specific things. They, you know, was talked about uh, zone entries quite a bit. And they've worked on they've worked on a lot of that. It's it's clear that that's an emphasis of the team this year. Is they wanna they want to be a lot more proficient with their zone entries, and how they go about it. They have a very clear idea of what they want to do. And they've spent quite a bit of time working on it. So and that's you know that's exciting. That's one of the issues that they've had in recent years, is that their zone entry has been hey let's get to center ice and dump it in and just hope for the best.
0: Or get to the faceoff <clears throat> dot and circle back.
2: Yeah, it's it's, it's a little bit different. Um, I think the intensity this year is – I want to say it's toned down just because you're not scrimmaging. But the emphasis has been a lot more on teaching and not going at each other. So
0: yeah,
2: I like that change. I think it's a good change. I think um, the development camp in July really kind of set the tone in that they wanted to get people in here. They wanted to work on very specific things. And they want to just set the foundation. You know, they do the three-on-zero drills, and then they do. They work their way up with. They start three-on-zero, and then they do three-on-one, then three-on-two, and then they would finish the day with three-on-three, uh, three in like a third of the rink where they would they would turn the nets, and it would be like a a, a really small surface. So I think I think they're working. Um, they're just working on the foundation and the building blocks, and they're they're being smart about it. They're not they're not trying to skip any steps. They're not. They're not. They're not trying to cheat. They're trying to. They're trying to do what they think is is the right way and and starting from the bottom and working their way up.
0: That was something that we actually talked about on the show last week. Um, we were, about how they were expected not to scrimmage quite so much, and we kind of felt like that might be a good thing because um, when you're scrimmaging, it's just kind of like at training camp. It's kind of, for for most of the guys it's going to be. You know, not as intense as it could be. It's going to be a lot of, oh, well, we're scrimmaging now, so I'm not going to have to go as hard as we were in drills or in when we're skating hard. Uh, the guys who are fighting for a job, obviously, you're going to be taking it at full bore. But yeah. that's also going to then make them look a little better than they really should.
1: It, there's no question that, I mean, despite, yes, there's there's been less scrimmaging, it's been a lot of drills. But there's no question that this camp has been up-tempo uh, and very skating intensive. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know a lot of these guys... Like we know a lot of these guys are well-conditioned. You look at a guy like Mason Geertsen or a guy like Matt Duchesne, and you see him huffing and puffing at the end of a drill, and it, and it gives you an idea of just how hard uh, these guys are working. There's, a, there's also one thing I'd add to what AJ said, is there's been a, a little bit of three-on-three overtime work in, in almost every day. Um, and you can tell that that's a little bit of a focus here for, for Waz, making sure that the team is ready for three-on-three overtime. Uh, hopefully ending more of the games in three in in that overtime period and avoiding, uh, some of the, some of the shootout points and picking up more rows.
0: Who's he putting together on three on three on three stuff?
1: Uh, so far we've seen, we've seen everybody play it. Everybody, uh, I, I think they're trying to, to, to get across their system for three on three. Um, we've seen everybody play it and the, the people who would obviously shine in it have, have shown through and the people who, uh, who aren't as good of skaters, uh, have not. <laughs> it's it's about what you would expect.
0: Okay. Um, well, all eyes from the word go. We're on first-round pick Miko Rantanen, and based on what I've seen of Twitter, it sounds like he was turning some heads. So to channel my inner mainstream hockey reporter, talk about Miko Rantanen.
2: Uh, Cole, go for this one.
0: Yeah, uh, <clears throat>
1: so... Uh, I've had three days of, of observation on, on Rantan and now, um, I scouted him for BSN last, last year and watched a lot of his European film, um, as well. Uh, when I showed up on Wednesday to rookie camp, I really had in my mind that this was a guy who had at best, maybe a 10 or 15% chance of making the roster. I thought it was a real outside shot. Um, Wednesday he played well against the rookies, but it wasn't anything that really, there wasn't anything that really screamed to me uh, that he was going to demand an NHL spot the way, that, the way that Nathan McKinnon stuck out in his rookie camp or Matt Duchesne in, in his. Um, yesterday and today, however, uh, the guy just looks great. Um, the more we've gotten into game situations, the more you start to see him shine uh, and his individual talents come through. He's uh, mature defensively. Uh, he's, he's got a great active stick. Um, his skating's good. Uh, and when the guy has the puck on his stick, he's, ab- it's just glue. It's so hard to strip the puck of him. He protects it well, um, makes, makes good decisions with the puck. Uh, and so he looked head and shoulders above a lot of guys yesterday when the, when the young players scrimmaged, he was one of the best players out on the ice. Um, today, uh, at the Burgundy and white game playing with Carl Soderberg and, and Gabe Landeskog, he looked uh, just great. Uh, those three were were working together. Excellent. Um, and he didn't stick out one bit on that line as as being out of place. He looked like an NHL player with those two guys. And I think if he continues to play like he played today and like he played yesterday, he's going to make the the decision really tough uh, for the coaching staff two and a half weeks from now.
0: Well, that stopped short of a bucket. I'm disappointed.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> I, when we, when we at BSN, we did our, uh, we, we did our preseason predictions, uh, for who would make the opening night roster. I had Ranson in on mine cause I didn't think the coaching staff would be able to resist. And I really don't think the coaching staff is going to be able to resist. He, he brings such an element that this team has been lacking, uh, especially on the right side for such a long time that it's it's really, really, really difficult not to be super excited about the things that he has done, uh, over the last couple of days. And while I wasn't at burgundy and white today, I was, I was there the rest of the week and it was, he just, he just got better and better and better and better. And it's, it's extremely encouraging to see the way that he holds up against higher level competition and the, his physicality and the way that he works and, I'm I'm really excited about him. Um it's it's obvious that he can handle uh the AHL competition because when they were scrimmaging, he was he was just going to work on those guys and if he's if he's that good already against AHL level players, I <laughs> It's it's going to be something when when he really starts to find his legs in the NHL, but he's he's definitely pushing the coaching staff right now because they they are going to have to strongly consider that that Landeskog Soderberg Granton in line in a in a real game situation cuz that line that line could be fantastic for them
0: we're going to have a bunch of top line forwards if if he stays with the team that's going to be a, that's going to be a mess to work out and see where the line blender lands
2: yeah i mean right now you know if they were if they were to stick with the lines that they've been running i feel like I feel I feel a little bad for Duchesne because he's getting put with a Ginla and it's you know, there's there's a lot there's a lot of evidence that that's, maybe not a good thing for either of them really, and I don't know what's gonna happen on that left side, uh, of that I just and I do It's don't, hard to
1: say you have you have a lot of candidates you know do they go with John Mitchell again there
2: right do they no, please you no. know is
1: is Blake Komu gonna gonna be a guy they think can fit there, um. <clears throat> who knows uh, that that would be one of the bigger question marks if they if they stuck with this line but uh you know it today watching uh the the same way that that landis soderberg and and Rantanen together were just electric uh grigorenko with mckinnon and tenge um were doing some really really high level things out on the ice uh and against good defensemen they were they were really pushing some of the, some of the app's best defensemen out there.
0: Where is that cricket? Oh, that's, that's at my place. <laughs> God damn, that's a noisy ass cricket. Um, it's been good things about Grigorinko ever since the first day. Um, what, what has, what has he been doing well? Um, where does, where do we think he's going to fit in?
2: Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure he only has two eyes. Honestly, I, I, I think he's, he's not human. I think he's got more than that because the way that, the way that he sees the ice, the way that he looks around, it's just, it's silly. It's, it's awesome to watch the the way that he can anticipate plays and the way he moves around and works with his line mates. It's, it's night and day, um, from, from the way that he was in Buffalo. It's obviously he's playing with a lot of confidence right now, which is I'm not sure something he could ever say about his tenure in Buffalo.
0: Um,
2: <laughs> I went back and watched all the games that he he played for the Sabres last season, which you know wasn't that many, but it was it was enough that you could really see why he was struggling and he just looks completely different so far in in camp and I'm assuming in the Burgundy and white today that that just continued based on how successful that line appeared to be.
1: Yeah. And it was, you know, you pointed right to it. His vision is really, um, he's so creative. Uh, he does things that you, you know, even watching with with more of a bird's eye view on on the ice, you just, he makes these passes that you don't see at all. And, um, having him out there with Alex Tenge only exponentially increased the, the wow factor of what's going on. Uh, those three were so creative together. Um, and they were, they basically were just trying to set McKinnon up at every turn for a goal and he was firing pucks at the net all night uh because of it.
2: Forty-four goals. Book it.
0: <laughs> so um are what are, are there any downsides to to Griggs' game that we can see at this point? I mean I know it's still camp, so you know, might be you know, maybe it is what it is kind of situation, but is it, how has he been in his own end of the rink? Is he does he Is he putting his own shots in? What's that look like?
2: Uh, I mean, it's it's been tough to tell. His lines have been so dominant that they haven't spent very much time in the defensive zone. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good by me. I'll take
2: it. right. like but you know it's tough to it's tough to get a read on a guy um, and and how he plays. And you know in the in the face off circle, he started off pretty strong. The only ones that I remember him losing uh, in the scrimmage yesterday, were when he was matched up against Winchester and Ben Street, so and huh. if he's if he's going to be in the NHL and he's going to be, depending on the role he's been given, he's going to be going up against guys who are at least that good in the faceoff circle. So, for me, that's still that's still a question mark. We'll see how that goes, but I mean faceoffs, not, not unless unless you're incredibly good or incredibly bad, it's just not that important.
1: Um, you know the skating is a limitation for him it's that's something we knew when when uh when we got him it's something that, that's always been kind of said about his game um and that is still there it's not uh you know it's not debilitating today he was unremarkable but but like AJ said he didn't spend a lot of time there uh yesterday he was with Miko Rantanen and they were uh, in the ozone all day and today it was with McKinnon and Tenge, and they didn't—they uh, didn't spend a whole lot of time on the wrong side of the blue line.
0: That—that that sounds great to me. Um, do you think he stays at center?
1: Yes, that's what they seem to want. And, and you know what is—you watch today, and you can see what Wa—you uh, can see Wa's vision of what he's wanted to turn this team into, because it's a lot of big centers uh, barreling down the middle of the ice. Yeah. Um, and forcing a lot of attention from from the opposing sides defense uh, the 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 punch back and forth today for team white of uh, Carl soderberg followed by Grigorenko was really uh, imposing
0: well, you've mentioned another name that we need to to cover today and that's Jesse Winchester uh, he was obviously held out today he's a, supposed to be held out from the preseason game against Anaheim on Tuesday. Um does he look hundred percent? Have we how does you know how does he see him out there?
2: Uh every time I've seen him out there he's been going full tilt and he's been fine. Uh I'm not I'm not I'm not worried about his health um until he actually has to suit up and play in the big arena Because that's where that's where his problems were coming from. That's where he was experiencing the issues until until he actually gets out there and he starts skating around in Pepsi Center in the preseason or for any of the road games um, I'm not I'm not worried about him but damn you Steve Smith damn you I'm not worried about him but he's you know like he's it's it he's still Jesse Winchester like it's he's never going to wow you with anything but he looks he looks fine to me he looks fine to me all week
1: He took a lot of contact. You know, Watt talked about it before yesterday's scrimmage that they wanted him in, in with the young guys to see how he responded to uh, to some, to some contact and some hitting. Uh, And and he took, took and gave a lot of it um, in that game yesterday and, and seemed pretty unfazed uh, by any of that. So, uh, you know, let's see him in a, in a real game with all the stadium lights. And uh, if, if that goes fine, then it, looks like he's back to his old self
0: well let's turn back to the prospect side of things um there's been a lot of talk this week about duncan siemens and about chris b Gras and other you know our other younger defensemen who we would like to replace some of the older guys that maybe don't belong anymore um so what what did you like from from those two and from guys like gormley and gertzen and what did you not like
2: i it, sir.
1: Um, you know, there's a reason that these guys come up again and again in every camp for the Avs. Uh, they are exciting prospects. Watching Crispy Grassgate every every year is always uh, – it's just amazing. He's so smooth. He's He moves so well.
0: Yeah, I saw that video um, of him going laterally around, like, cones in a diamond that were behind him, and I was just like, well, that happened.
1: <laughs> it, it's pretty amazing. I yeah. mean, he's – He's so efficient. Uh, his edge work is so great, um, and you know it shows every time he every time he steps on the ice. Um, you, you know he doesn't do a lot of the physical game. He doesn't uh, a- as many points as he put up in Owen Sound last year. You know anyone expecting him to to be a Tyson Berry esque puck mover is um, is going to be disappointed. But he does everything solidly and um he's responsible with the puck getting it out of his own zone. Uh there are, when you see him against some of the bigger competition, there are definitely though uh, you can see where he still has places to adjust and, and places to learn. Um that was definitely apparent today a few times during the scrimmage uh when he ended up against some of the some of the avs better better players. Um you can see some of the places where where he's got room to grow and I think uh regardless of what happens um, you know, I think if he winds up in the AHL, I think he's still got a lot to learn there, and it'll be good for his development long-term to play some more pro games there. He's only got, like, what, seven seven professional games under his belt.
0: Oops, so yeah. he's got 93 to go.
1: Um, if we didn't... If the Avs had not uh, picked up Brandon Gormley in the last week, I think that we could be having a more serious conversation right now about whether or not they were going to entertain the idea of crispy gras on the team, but uh Gormley has come in and played very well in the last three days, um, and very, very well today. Uh and I think I think he creates just too much of a barrier there for any of those uh younger prospects to break through for now for this season.
0: I mean
2: I would I would agree. I think um, Gormley's been <clears throat> i i don't want to say exactly what i thought he would be, but i think he's been he's been really really solid um defensively especially you see the you see the i q you see the skating you see you see his ability out there and it's it's hard not to be wondering you know how long it takes wa to put him in the lineup regularly um i i I still haven't really seen a whole lot of offense out of Gormley. I still don't... Like, it's not it's not like Duncan Siemens where you really... You're wondering, like, every time he gets the puck, you're like, oh, boy, is this... You know, how's this going to go? But at the same time, it's it's not real impressive. He just does what he does and then moves on, and that's... You know, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. You can have a nice long career doing just that, but there's nothing... Any, anybody expecting him to be on a power play unit or or scoring twenty plus or anything like that? I just don't. I don't personally. I haven't seen that yet. Maybe when he gets in the games, you know, there's a little switch that lights on that comes on and he gets a lot more aggressive. But I haven't. I personally just haven't seen it yet. Um, I don't have any disagreements with with what Cole had to say about about Bigra. I mean, he's. A lot of his game is very advanced and there's there's are some areas, you know, just adjusting to the speed of the game. It's mostly just the things that he needs to work on is a lot of is just a lot of experience type stuff, you know. You you'll you'll get that in a full season in, in the AHL. So Um I think he's looked really good. Um I'm excited for him. I think Siemens has done what he needed to do for the most part. Um he's still he still struggles with the with the puck. I still think he still struggles getting through uh some of the progressions and handling some of the speed of the game at times. But for the most part, he's been really really physical and you like that. He's been good defensively. He held his own um in the scrimmage yesterday when he was when he was facing uh, some of the some of the better players on the opposing team. He he definitely held his own, but he's the, the areas where he talks about, you know, where he needs to get better, where the coaches have told him he wants to – that he needs to be improving, I haven't seen a whole lot of growth in that part of his game. And until we do, it's hard for me to to look at what he does well and say that that's enough because if it's not enough for the coaches already, it certainly isn't going to be enough for the coaches right now. So there's still some work that needs to be done there um, as far as Mason Gertzen – he does what he does well and you know when he when he moves the puck for the most part, he just looks to to get rid of it and make a smart decision, a safe decision. He's not he's not gonna be a dynamic passer, he's not gonna be trying to make any seventy foot breakout passes, it won't be any of that. He's gonna be a guy that just chips it or he passes it to his D partner or he just throws it up the wall to the nearest forward and you know, good luck guys. Um, He's a big body, obviously. He's he's very physical. And uh, we saw we saw kind of two different Mason Gerson's throughout <coughs> rookie camp and training camp in that there were days where he would come out and he would play very passively and he would sit back and he would kind of let let the game come to him. And he really does. He can't he's not going to get away with that play style in pro hockey. Because that's when, that's when he was definitely at his worst, in my eyes. Um, when he's out there and he's playing aggressive and he's imposing his will, he's using his physicality. That's, all of that is great. Um, he looks a lot better when he does that. I don't think he's got the consistency there. I think a year of pro hockey is going to do great for him. And coming into camp next season... We might be having a different conversation depending on how much of the dead weight gets cut this this next summer, but right now, I <clears throat> it's really hard not to be excited about about Gertzen's future. But his immediate future, he's going to be part of a really good Rampage blue line.
0: As as long as we're on the topic of defensemen, um, the internet exploded when uh, when Coach Wall said that he wanted Stewart and Holden together.
2: You guys are welcome.
0: <laughs> that was that was your question. Um, I don't understand why the internet exploded. That was kind of my realistic expectation. Did did you guys disagree?
1: Um, um it, 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 it's certainly what I expected. Uh, you look at the, you know, the the Avs are gonna have to send somebody through waivers from that defensive group, and um, you know, there's there's five guys competing for essentially four spots. If he keeps if he keeps the four D. Uh, Gannon, and Holden, Stewart, Gormley, mm-hmm. and Zach Radmend. Uh and Stewart and and Holden are the only two with with big contracts, um, big multi year contracts. You know, Nick Holden just got a nine hundred almost nine hundred thousand dollars raise this summer as he starts a new three year deal. So, imagining that those two guys, either one of those two guys, is going to get sent down to San Antonio is um, a stretch for me. It's more it's, likely to be Gormley, uh, Redmond or, or Gannon.
0: I always forget that Holden extension didn't kick in last year,
1: right? Yeah. God, that, that's just starting now. So, you know, it's, it's unsurprising. I think the battle is certainly on for who's going to get, you know, for who that third pairing is going to be on opening night. Um, I will say this though about Brad Stewart. Uh, I've been hypercritical of his game. Um, Today, I thought he was solid. He was paired with Chris Bigra and playing on the right side again, uh, like he did for for a time with Nick Holden. Um, and there were several times during the game where Chris Bigra got turned around by the uh, Grigorenko, McKinnon, and Tenge combination. And um, Brad Seward just played a quiet, solid uh, defensive game today. And um, looked better than i was expecting you know we'll see him when when these guys are going at 100% uh, and when the speed kicks up a little bit that's always been the problem but um the guy might be able to give a little more in in third pairing minutes with when the whole team is a little deeper than they've been in the past
0: yeah we we heard the same kind of things about Brad Stewart at camp last year that he looked you know, quietly solid, that he yeah. was, you know, keeping up okay, but as, as we know about, you know, September hockey is not the same as even October hockey, let alone April.
2: Yeah. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't surprised by the answer at all. Um, the, only, the only thing that I thought might have happened differently is that they might have put Gormley uh, on the left side and Stewart on the right side instead. Um, but if they're if they're insistent with going with uh, with 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 Holden and Stewart out of the gate, I'm not surprised. I'm not exactly thrilled about it. But if they if they stick to their plan and they stick to playing um, EJ and Boucherman 23 25 minutes a night, and then you throw Barry out there for you know 22 minutes a night depending on his power play time, and Zadorov out there for 20 minutes, you know there's just not there's not going to be tons of minutes. For the other two to get out there and really sink the ship so it's it's a little discouraging <clears throat> but coming out of the gate not even remotely surprising anybody that was expecting otherwise is just being i would say unrealistic um i you know i mean if there's one thing that wah has shown in his couple of years it's that you know he's got he's got his loyalty to to some of the guys that he that he likes and I don't I don't see why that would change with two guys that he happily very happily extended so it'll it's not it's not encouraging but if we're still having this conversation in January that might be one thing but I think there's enough depth and enough quality around him that the possibility is real that that. This gets this changes at some point.
0: Who's the odd man out? Because my guess would be Zach Redmond.
2: That's my guess.
1: It it makes you know, like AJ said, was shown uh, some that he's got some guys he likes, and and in particular, he's he's got a philosophy about how an NHL penalty kill should work <coughs> and what type of guys should be on it. That alone seems like enough to protect Nate Gannon's spot, uh, because has well, been, you know, that's that's been one of his go for better or worse. That's been one of his go to penalty killers. And um, that said, Redmond I think has been having a good camp the last couple of days, and and he had a great game today. Uh, so maybe he can do enough to to uh, keep that spot, and they decide that that Nate Gannon, uh is going to be the the leader and maybe even in a, in a leadership role in San Antonio, maybe even as one of the captains. Yeah. And I would,
2: I would say that, um, a lot of that might depend on how things go with, uh, Zadorov in the preseason games as well. If he, if he holds up really well in a, in a PK type of role where he gets a lot of, a lot of PK minutes that really gives law a lot of options. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he'll I'm assuming that the the, the EJ combination is gonna play quite a bit of PK as it is. And then I'd they expect him in all situations. Yeah. Well I don't well, yeah. Well yes, I will agree. Um and then uh moving on down the line, you know, with Zadorov and then probably probably Stuart. And then even hold in, but if it's not you know, if it's not holding, if it's Gormley in there, Gormley played a minute and a half on of the PK in his time in Arizona. So, you know, I think I think a lot of that will depend um, on how the other guys can can fit into the PK role because if there's success elsewhere, it really eliminates the one thing going for uh Nate Ginnan right now.
0: So would you say that he can use his leadership to point the rampage to victory? Yes. Ooh, Let's go to goaltending. Um, I've seen a lot of good things being said this week about Spencer Martin. What do you guys think about Spencer Martin?
2: He's really athletic. That's the one thing that I think I noticed uh, comparing him to the other rookie goaltenders. I mean, when you say he's athletic and then you think about a guy like Varley, who's just superhuman in terms of athleticism, that's not quite fair, but... Watching him next to all the other goaltenders, um, not named Varley, I think he's a better athlete than all of them. Um, I like his game. Uh, there's obviously a lot of inconsistency there, but it's he's he's made a lot of flashy saves, especially uh, yesterday. He was he was quite a bit of fun to watch. So. I'm excited to see where he goes. I assume he will start in um, Fort Wayne as the starter and just play heavy minutes there as opposed to sitting around and letting, you know, letting, letting Pickard do all the work while he hangs out. So, I mean, it's, it's exciting. It's just it's goaltending. It's it's not something I'm extremely comfortable getting too into.
0: Ahem, Cole. That's a pause where you fill yeah, in with and the noise I, I'm, from your mouthful. I'm
1: thinking. Uh, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have much to add. I I think he's in what I've seen of him. He's looked pretty good. He looked solid today um, against some of the pros. You know, he faced a couple of pretty tough shots and um, <clears throat> and and actually, I was impressed today with how well he handled uh, traffic. Um, because there was a lot of it uh, today, uh, he had he had Mikhail Grigorenko uh, and Gabe Landeskog and uh, Miko Rantanen in, in his face quite a bit this afternoon, and um, and he handled it well. I was impressed. I, I was expecting uh, him to kind of get lit up here at the end of the game, but he did well. Um, I also actually think Roman will has had some pretty good showings. Uh, in the past couple of days. So it'll be interesting to watch those two uh, kind of battle it out for that next tier of goaltending in, in the Avalanche system.
0: Of course, the battle that everybody's got their eyes on has nothing to do with Spencer Martin. It's Pickard versus Barra. From what I saw on the internet today, Barra was pretty <coughs> decent at the Burgundy White game.
1: Cool. Yeah, he was good. He um <laughs> he had he had one uh scary moment where he uh tried to to play the puck and shot it off Duncan Seaman's skate and almost right back into his own net. Um <laughs> which was which was hysterical oh, but seven this game five. He immediately followed that up with a pretty good side to side save. Um, I wouldn't say you know white the white team was pretty dominant today honestly um, so he was fine and he stopped he made some some decent stops but I don't think he was challenged all that much uh, this afternoon uh, I, the battle's still on between those two I, I think logic and contracts r- dictate that that Red Obara is probably going to get the um, <clears throat> is going to get the opening night start. I just don't think Calvin Pickard has done enough, uh, in this camp. Uh, you know, maybe he's been a little bit better than reddo but I think to, uh, to actually get the coaching staff to bury reddo Bear's contract in the AHL, I think he had to be a lot better than Retto Bear. And I just haven't seen that yet.
2: He's got to win the job. Pickard has to win the job and he hasn't, he hasn't even come close. Um, Red O'Bara opened the door wide open for him on Friday, the first day of uh, full training camp. And because Vera did not, he did not play well at all. And then Pickard came in and did the exact same thing. You couldn't honestly tell much of a difference between Pickard and Barra at that point. They were both just getting beat all over the place. And it just, it was just, it was disappointing because you hope the competition would bring out the best in each of them, that these guys would be. You know, they their levels would come up to meet the challenge and instead it's like they're kinda just meeting in the middle and like, hey, how's it going? It's it's disappointing so far. But Pickard is not he's not done nearly enough to win the job yet. You know, d I Wise mentioned that Red O'Bara has to have a good preseason, but so does Calvin Pickard. And you know, right now he's not off to the start that he needed in order to win that job.
0: Yeah, I saw that he, like, gave the puck away behind the net or something, and just hasn't been yeah, outstanding. Yeah,
1: he had a sloppy giveaway yesterday that led to a goal, and, um, but it's, it, it's just been the overall play, has just been, it, it's been, he's been okay. He's been, he's been okay. He hasn't, uh, he hasn't really wowed, uh, wowed me anyway, the way that he, uh, did when, in his limited call up last year
0: he's been okay when he's needed to be good <clears throat> yeah yeah um before we get to some some real quick ones here is there anything um anything else that that you wanted to bring out of the burgundy Y game call that maybe we haven't had a chance to touch on yet um i, w- I know that you the uh, soderberg line was pretty outstanding uh, they were
1: yeah the the one other thing I would say about the game or, well two other things I would say about the game is um th- that Nikita Zadarov is really a, 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 has the potential to be a really special player um he said in one of the interviews earlier this week that he a lot of people don't think he has an offensive dimension and and that he does and uh, he he looks to be on a mission to prove it um and it's really something to see that six foot five. Frame leading the rush up the ice. Uh, he's an excellent, um, excellent skater. His reach is just crazy. Uh, you'll you'll think that you know forwards will come in on him, thinking that they've got a few extra seconds, and and he's in their face so quickly. Um, it's really it's really uh, pretty incredible. Gap control. Um, yes. The other thing that was that was just great today was the line of uh, Dennis Everberg. Uh, Joey Hishon and Borna Rendulic. Um all three of those guys, they were Burgundy team Burgundy's best line by a mile. Uh, they dominated the entire second period. Um,
0: who else was on Burgundy?
1: Uh, the The top line for Burgundy was Matt Duchesne, Jerome McGinlay, and uh, Andreas Martinson, uh, and then they also had uh, Connor Bleakley, who also played well today uh, with. Uh, Blake Komu, and uh, I don't remember who their who their third guy was, um, and then Alexi Pepin, Patrick Bordalo, and Freddie Hamilton played together.
0: Okay, so it it sounds like White was better on paper anyway.
1: White was much better on paper, but but that line, um, you know, if I'm if I'm in the Avalanche <laughs> coaching staff, I think it would have been hard to watch that line today. Uh, of of Everberg, Rendelitz, and and uh, Hishon, and not wonder a little bit about about my fourth line that was that was benched uh, today in Cody McLeod and Marc Andre Cliche. All three guys played great today. All three guys had very multi dimensional games. Played great in every zone. Um, Dennis Everberg was just superb defensively today and in yesterday's scrimmage. Uh, and he and Rendelitz were dominant on the on the one penalty kill of of today's game, uh, and we saw a really physical Borna Rendelich today. He threw some big hits. Um, he was he was very clearly amped up and fighting for a job this afternoon. Uh, I, I don't think it was enough right on its own, but uh, it's encouraging to see some of those guys who could be first in line for a call up this year. Um really showing something nice today.
0: Um, one name you mentioned that I wanted to ask you about specifically AJ is uh, Andreas Martinson, because I've seen some remarks from you about what he's been doing at camp.
2: Ah, uh, you know, he was ah, uh, you know, he was he was exactly what we thought he was gonna be. He came out and he played um aggressive physical style. He showed more skill than I expected, um, having watched him. In some of the international competitions, I was not expecting a lot, um, but he—he he was firing pucks all over the place. He was making good passes. He was cycling pucks well. It was—it <clears throat> was impressive to watch all week. Um, his conditioning isn't where it needs to be. His skating is a, a little iffy at times. Um, I mean, he's not—he's not a really quick guy. He's not a great athlete or anything um he won't he won't ever wow you with anything that he does but um all in all just a really i mean i would say it was a really positive week for him it was a really it was well i'll just okay so i was sitting i was sitting next to some of the av scouts during some of the scrimmage um and some of the uh some of the drills throughout the weeks and one of them was talking about Martinson when he said we don't really even need to continue you know scouting the canadian leagues as much cuz we can always just go find these guys and he was talking about Martinson and he was a little more graphic than that but the idea that they can go find a mature european guy who knows how to play pro hockey and you know there's not a lot of growing up that he has to do they can just bring him over on a on a short one year e l c throw him into the fire and see what he has is really interesting. And it's really interesting that some of the, some of the scouts continue to feel that way apparently, because I guess, I guess they can, they, they think they, they can just keep finding Dennis Everberg every year because Martinson, I think is a pretty similar player. I don't think he's as effective, but he's a guy that I think will see NHL time this year. And it really wouldn't surprise me if he even makes the team out of out of camp. Especially if for whatever reason Miko Rantanen doesn't.
0: So maybe as opposed to, you know, scouring the nineteen to twenty year old junior players for overagers, maybe pulling mid twenties out of Europe is what they're talking right. about. Right. So, um, Real quickly, I'm going to ask a few quick ones here. Um, among the young guys who's been imp- the most impressive to both of you? Young, non-NHL young? Yeah, sure.
2: Which Which one of us wants to say Julian Nantel? <laughs>
1: I'll let you.
2: <laughs> uh, that's my answer. He i I noticed him first really at development camp in July. He showed off some really quick feet um wasn't wasn't like the greatest skater or anything and then when they actually started playing hockey i just kept i kept noticing real quick feet and man he makes it happen he's he is a really interesting guy and the the creativity that that he has is really impressive and I'm really interested to see how he does um with with JC this year in the queue. That's gonna be that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Uh Nintel is he's got a lot of tools that that are really exciting. And he's not he's not like Colin Smith's size where you know, you see all the tools and you see all the potential and you get kind of excited and then you remember that he's a smurf and then it's just not gonna happen in reality. <laughs> and especially not going to happen in, in Denver with Patrick Waugh. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. I think he's going to blow up in the queue this year. He's going to have the the kind of season that he should have given his age and given the quality of his team. Um but <clears throat> I yeah, he's my guy. I I'll go with him.
0: Cole?
1: Uh with the obvious caveat that that Miko Rantanen is number 1. Um I have been so, so impressed with Connor Bleakley in my first live viewing of him. Uh, I didn't get to see him last year at training camp. Um, there's not a whole lot that sticks out about his game uh, on a second-to-second basis, uh, but he's just so solid. He makes a lot of really good decisions. Um, and you'll just uh, you, you'll just watch, and, and any time a play is... Uh, starting to develop anytime something's happening on the ice uh, he's right there in the thick of it um, so I I've been pleased with that he uh, he seems you know his upside is still there's still some questions about his upside but he just looks like a guy who is going to turn into a really um, productive you know third line center or wing for the avs someday uh, he, he, he's had a good week I think
0: And the same kind of group of guys who's been disappointing. Maybe try to keep it to people that you maybe expect something out of and not people that you expected to come in and disappoint, and then they do. Uh,
2: Do you have anybody off the top of your head?
1: Um, Jeez. You know, I didn't really see a whole lot from J.C. Bodine this week. Uh, And he is a little bit of a later pick he was a fourth rounder. Is that right? Third, third rounder. Oh yeah. yeah so for, uh, I'll, I'll stick with that then for a third rounder, I, I would have maybe liked to see a little bit more out of him <laughs> this week. Um, did, it just didn't, uh, jump off the ice to me very often. Uh, it just kind of a forgettable, uh, week. Uh, but there, you know, there's still time. He's third round pick in his first camp. It looked like his first pro camp. Um, but you know, I guess I guess the fact that that's my answer is a good thing uh, because there weren't a lot of standout disappointments this this time around.
2: Yeah, I'd like to say Nick Magyar, but I think I got exactly what I expected out of him. So with that in mind, I'll I think I'll say, am I allowed to say Matt Clark or is he too old?
0: What is that one team, Matt? Yeah. Were his eyebrows not mustaches anymore? They weren't. Damn.
2: On his mustaches guys. <laughs> That's some bullshit. I know. No, I thought... I mean, you know, Matt Clark, I thought, was pretty... Pretty black. I, I put him on a bad list two days in a row during training camp. You know, the other guy that I that was not... I have not really been impressed with has been Max in a row. And I know he's older. I know he's 28, but considering what he's supposed to be. Like, I, at least last year, he looked dynamic offensively, and this year I just didn't even notice the guy.
0: All right, this, so we'll ask the same two questions, this time from just new additions in general. Mm-hmm. Who's been the most impressive new addition?
2: For me, Brandon Gormley. Really? Yeah. Um, I mean, we haven't seen a whole lot of the NHL guys yet. Uh, I think Soderberg is going to fit perfectly with what Patrick Wall wants. Uh I think he's going to he's going to be awesome come season. Um and Grigorenko obviously is is exciting, but I think I think Gormley because Gormley <clears throat> he fills he feels a need and he's only 23 years old, so it's it's really exciting to think about the fact that we could give up a prospect that was never going to get anywhere in Colorado and a prospect that was not thought of highly at all in Denver and get a guy like that who could be on this blue line for the foreseeable future. He could be, he could be in Denver for a long time, be a good player. And he started off really, really well defensively. And that's what you want to see when your team sucks at defense.
1: <laughs> uh, sticking with the blue line, just so impressed with Nikita Zadorov <laughs> this week. Um, yeah his game is much deeper than I, than I thought it was. Uh, and, and more mature and well-rounded than I thought it was. I saw a lot of things out of him, um, in this week that y- you hate to make a comparison like this, but, uh, but Victor Hedman-esque kind of play is happening at times from, from Nikita Zadorov And there's obviously a long, long, long way to go to reach that level. But, um, the potential is just sky high, and uh, his desire to impact the game every time, every second he's on the ice is, is palpable. Um, I, I'm so excited to see him out there against NHL players going full speed. I think uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun for AFS fans.
0: New guys who let you down. Did we catch it with Mazzaros? maybe?
2: Uh, he certainly—I mean—he would certainly qualify. Yeah. I can't say I can't say Beauchemin disappointed at all because you didn't. He's been like, good. I didn't. I mean, I haven't even really watched the guy. So you know,
1: I—I I, I actually I, I meant to add a line about Beauchemin, uh because I loved what what he did for Eric Johnson today. Uh, who was Eric Johnson was flying. Uh, and leading the rush and jumping up in the play a lot and just doing stuff all over the ice. Um, and Francois Beauchemin was was a great s- sort of safety release for him. Um, just real safe, real solid, good first pass. He looked great today. Uh, yeah, when...
0: yeah.
2: Go ahead. I mean, when you talk about new guys disappointing I mean they haven't really had a big chance to yet but I'm gonna say Blake Como just with the caveat that he's really one of the only new guys who hasn't looked great and I mean I don't I don't think he'll ever look great I and mean, it's not who he is it's not what he's supposed to do you know so I just I'll say Como just because I have to I have to give some kind of an answer but it's not it's not because he's looked bad just that he's just been a dude
1: um, I'll I'll say not super new, uh, but but Freddie Hamilton. Um, I thought played pretty well in the AHL at the end of last year and and had a few pretty good games uh, with the Avs in his call up before fading down the stretch and uh, oh. just haven't haven't really seen it from him in this camp uh, the way I was expecting to in my mind he just. Has slipped a few steps down the San Antonio depth chart from where I would have put him at the beginning of camp.
0: Well, maybe with only uh, with only two days, there's not a whole lot of a lot of data to go off of for this one. But with returning players, anybody that is just doing something that you were never expecting, something just outstanding, or anybody that's really seems to have taken steps backward from existing Avalanche players.
2: Uh, EJ has taken huge steps forward, I think.
0: See, that's good because of his knee injury. I'm glad to hear that he's flying.
1: He looks... Uh, ready? <laughs> yeah. He, he looks like he's been ready to get in an NHL game for, for weeks and just yeah. chomping at the bit.
2: The confidence that he has is evident. Even standing there talking to the guy, it's obvious that he's just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Fuck the preseason. Let's play Minnesota now. <laughs> I want I want Minnesota in my building right now. He he just looks he looks like he's going to have one of those years that you'll look back a couple of years from now and you'll be like we should have seen this coming because he's he's going to be playing pissed off. He's going to have a contract extension any day now. Like he's and he's got all the confidence and all the belief in himself that maybe he hasn't in the past. I think he's I think he's ready to to put himself into the conversation of top ten defensemen in the NHL.
0: Oh, we're gonna book that one.
2: Yeah, this is his Mark
1: Giordano year. Book it. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna put Nathan McKinnon's name out there. Um, he, uh, it, you know, and, and it's hard to even say because it's not like he played <laughs> poorly last year, despite all the press about the uh, sophomore slump.
2: Sophomore slump.
1: Uh, <laughs> 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 really uh, a, a product of shooting percentages and bad luck for him but yeah right uh, he uh d- today uh, you know the burgundy white game always comes with the big caveat that a lot of the veterans are going somewhere between 80 and 90 percent and maybe a few of them like like Jerome McGinley, a little less than 80 <laughs> percent um but uh there were times today where where you could see nathan McKinnon uh, just decide for a moment that he was going to be Nathan McKinnon um, and turn on the afterburners and absolutely <clears throat> blow past uh, somebody. He did it to Max Nero today and it, Max Nero's is a decent skater and the dude looked like he was uh, just standing there with shoes on. It was, it, it was amazing. He was firing the puck hard today and quick and, um, He just looks very aggressive out there. Uh, I'll be excited to see him in in some more game situations. Uh,
2: To answer your question for disappointing um, of the returnees, I think I'm going to say Nick Holden. Um, Just because he hasn't... I mean, this is is a guy who, while, yes, we do expect him to to be on the roster and to be on, on the ice... There are, there's more competition at his position than ever before. Like, legit competition. And that was an accidental rhyme. And he just has not... He hasn't turned it on. He hasn't taken it as seriously, I think, as he probably should. Because there are guys that are starting to knock at that door real loudly right behind him. And he just looks like he's like... He looks like a guy who's beginning the first year of a three-year contract extension and I've been a little disappointed with, with kind of how he's been out there and going about his business. I'd like to see him give a shit a little bit more.
1: I'd uh, give a similar kind of answer for my disappointment in uh, Patrick Bortolo. Um, You know, we we know the limits of Patrick Bordello's game and, and we know what he's put on an NHL roster to do, but uh hmm. for a guy who's coming back from a full year off with a lot to prove and with a roster spot that's anything but secure uh he just hasn't he, he you know the one thing that, that you expect Patrick Bordello to do is go out there and be physical and and throw the body around um and it, it just hasn't happened uh i think I think it's going to be really hard for him to make this team.
0: Well, as you can probably hear in the background, um, my family things are starting to happen soon, so I got to wrap this up. Um, any any last predictions? Because I, I think our uh, I, I think the next time that you hear from the podcast is going to be a lot of season preview prediction stuff. So, do you guys want to get anything ahead? uh, ahead of the competition, get the first predictions out there?
2: I think Nico Rannon makes the roster. (laughs) I I said it a week or two ago, sticking with it. All
1: right. Uh, I'll I'll just say I think Brandon Gormley is going to be on the opening night roster, on the ice. I I think he'll be a top six guy opening night. Um, Nice. He's really he's he's really proven it so far. Nice. We right. going big. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Going big. All
0: right. Well, thanks to both of you, AJ and Cole, and uh, both for coming over to uh, fill our ear holes today with camp knowledge. And uh, thanks for the coverage that you've been able to deliver from camp as well. I know that ABS fans are really appreciating it. Um, it's. More coverage than we've than we've had in the past, and so, naturally, we love it. Check out uh, their work at BSN Avalanche if you've not uh, been able to so far. Coming up next week, the preseason begins with home games against Anaheim on Tuesday, Calgary on Thursday, and Los Angeles on Sunday, I believe I have those right. So get to the can, if you can, and uh, have a scout. I can't because I'm stuck in the middle of Oklahoma, so do it for me. Um, you can always catch the latest abs news and updates at mile high hockey follow us on facebook at facebook.com slash mile high hockey follow us on twitter at mile high hockey follow the show on itunes or on soundcloud or on mixcloud uh you may hear from us next week you may not i'm not sure in the meantime keep your head up get the dirty areas and we will see you well shortly enough we'll see you soon
1: One of these days, we should just have a podcast, which is yours and AJ's competing dog sounds.
2: Yeah, we should just play them through the speakers. (laughs)
0: Let
2: them bark at each other.
0: Yeah, why not? That That would go well.